up, Mike? Your quaff looks good, man. What's what's going on? You got your. You know what? I'll tell you why. It's a it's a little humid here today. Do you remember when we talked to Rom? And yeah. I was saying that's my hair. Oh yeah, you have the in curly, New York. Uh... Yeah, like it's getting a little quaffier because there's a little humidity in there. So. Hey, Mike, yeah. you have some Italian in you? Or... I'm a Lebanese Irish Jew. Oh, okay. My that's dad combo, was half. Huh? Yeah, my mom was Jewish. My dad was half Lebanese, half Irish. Wow, that's quite a combo, man. Yeah. We get, another, we get they get good sound. Le yeah, it's uh, <laughs> but at the end of the day, I'm a white guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> when people are like, "You're," I'm like, "Ah, well, I can't uh, claim yeah. anything." You know why? Because I didn't grow up with any of the ethnicity. I grew up as. Well, do, do people in the U.S. know the I term "wasp"? You know, like a white Anglo-Saxon Protestant, or is that a Canadian thing? They hear it, but they don't understand what it means. Okay, yeah, I grew up with just yeah. like yeah. got people with last names like you know Johnson and or whatever, like Reynolds and Kemp. You know what I mean? Like just yeah, 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 really yeah. generic <laughs> names. Wasp. Um, yeah, I haven't heard wasp. that expression. Wasp. Okay, that's a that's a Canadian thing. But yeah, Felicia, so, let I mean, me hear you say it, Felicia. Wasp. 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 Was P. White Anglo-Saxon Protestants. White. White. Hello. Anglo. White. Hey, so white. You white. gotta hit the white. Hey, do you guys remember Benson, the show Benson? Hell yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. How come Benson had a slight weird accent? It was a rich accent, but it wasn't English. I think because he's, I'll tell you, I think I know why. I know he's very, he's theater trained. He's a theater guy. So right. in theater, you learn to speak. Like but it was always rich. It was always this rich. Because it's standard. Um, I took, uh, I took a, uh, I studied theater and it's standard American English. That's what it was called. Uh, you say, that's why he talked like what? That. Instead of saying what, you say yes. what, what? But no one talks like that. No, yes. unless you're doing a period piece. You don't say, unless you're what uppity. are you doing? Unless, unless you're, you're uppity. uppity. That's your <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll, we'll touch on that later. I'm All not right, exactly we'll sure what can you're you saying. Can you pass the gray poupon? May you pass the gray poupon? Gray poupon. You guys are idiots. I'm sorry. I'm trying to look <laughs> professional. I'm trying to be a professional here. And I'm trying to figure out how to get like professional sound in here. Sure. Well, that's you, Maya. We all know Hand me a Costco gallon of... Where's it? Zoom. I can't Gray Poupon. Hang me a two-gallon bottle of Gray Poupon. I blew it. Line. All right. So in today's news, did you guys hear about the Virginia mayor that's asked to step down because he said that Joe is picking ancient mama? Okay. He's picking ancient mama. No, I did not hear that. What? Wait a minute. Hold on. What happened? Joe's aunt. Who's Joe? So a mayor said, he, he, I, I don't, they, they didn't put his name out, but the mayor, a mayor in Virginia said that Joe is picking, he's picking an ancient mama as his running mate. Horrible. Wow. And, and so now that I, I can't get, I'm trying to find his name, the mayor of this. Sorry, this is my mirror. Virginia. <laughs> okay, my hair's even. I haven't had a haircut. I got pandemic hair. So go back on with Joe and answer Joe my Biden. Joe's but is this a legit, do you think this is a legit mayor of, not, not to make, I'm not saying anything bad about small towns, but is it a town of 12 people or is it like a real? <laughs> a town of 12 people. 12 people. <laughs> no, because sometimes they, he's in a town of 12 people. Not that that's people. an excuse. Well, <laughs> that's, a, that's an excuse. I'm not saying it's an excuse. Hey, Mike, you may get some phone calls from some supporters. You better exactly. not say that. Don't make fun of those towns, bro. Small they town They will people. find you. They will find you. 
Let yeah. me finish. Let no, me finish Canadian, because throw you, out. Let me, you didn't let me finish because small town people would never accept that. And they're more evolved. And that's what I wanted to say about small town people. That was my point. No, um, <laughs> Maybe it's not like one jerk, like small one, town, one, another jerk. Small town people have guns and that's what you have to. I know, they do have arms. Small town people have have 33, I got 33 guns with my name carved on the side. Well, I've got, and, they call, and they have names to them, like Lucille. Oh, <laughs> I would name guns? my gun if I had a gun. What would you I mean, want? I would name my gun. Well, she's, got, she's got redneck in her family. Why would you though? not? She's got cow, cowboys. Look, cow, can, can someone, you can, yeah. cow people. Cow people. If, any, if anyone has a computer in front of them, I'd love to know where that mayor's from. Oh, they didn't say, you said they didn't say. It's not a yeah. big city. It was, so not I, was like, re I was trying to read it and get the name. But right. it, it definitely a Republican mayor, but well, I, yeah. I, yeah, but uh, I didn't, they didn't put the name. I was trying to just Weird. read all the way down and it was on a CNN uh, news. Yeah, it was on CNN news, but they didn't um, say the name and I missed the name. Yeah. Right. They're asking them to step They're like, down. it's not important. It's just one of these so, little towns. Mm. That's probably how they said it. It's not important. It's not these little towns. <laughs> I just, I, by like, the way, I couldn't agree with that less. I kind of forget it's part of the United States. It and was Bubba it. Smith. It was Bubba Smith and Bubba said. And I've, <laughs> no, and I've said this. I've said this. And his own people were like, no, no, thank you. No, thank <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah. See you at the diner. We'll meet for coffee. You know, it's still on at the Waffle House, but No, it's Roscoe Jenkins. Roscoe <laughs> Jenkins. That's who this said that? Roscoe. No, no, I'm, I'm joking. I know, you're, I know you're joking. I know you're, I was playing into it. Really? Roscoe said this that? This is Roscoe That's B. Coltrane. You remember um, that? Roscoe B. Coltrane? What was that from? Roscoe Dukes of Hazard. Hazard. Uh-huh. Yeah, man. With his dog, Flash? Anybody yes. else? That was his dog's name? His dog's name was a flash. Mo, what dog kind of dog was, was it? He probably, what? What yes, kind of he was, was like it? a basset hound. He was a basset hound. Was, that you and he couldn't move and his name I was I remember flash. my mom going <laughs> ape shit on me when, when a friend bought me the Dukes of Hazzard car and they had to confess. Right. And my mom went, boy, wow. like ape shit on me. She was like, get that fucking car out of here. And I was like, what's wrong with the car? I like the Dukes of Hazzard. She was like, you know what that fucking flag means? And I was like, whoa, what, tell me about the flag, mom. Because I was like, I know. but Ms. I was a kid. Yeah. All the cussing has just lost. We have lost our entire Jehovah's Witness audience. That's it. They've oh, all logged off. We've Pam, lost all this. Of Pam's five times in two minutes. Pam, <laughs> Pam has a huge following. Tell them I'm you sorry. See how much I'll wash my mouth out. out. I'll wash my mouth out. Call each one of them and tell them to log back on. We're sending you a watchtower. It's so interesting that that flag charge was accepted me every on time that car I, for so long. Charge me every time I curse, guys. I'm sorry. Yes. I, I, I you can't we're going to have that. <laughs> we should have a curse jar, although I would end up owing a lot of money. It would be really funny. We can do it in the corner where the curses keep going. Oh, yeah. Just like oh, a teaching. Oh, like a virtual, a virtual curse jar. Yeah. <laughs> but each one has to have like a little... Uh, our own like role, our own drop in. Miss I mean, yeah. Where's, where's our guest? Does she know she's she's? Ah, uh, yeah, I yeah. Prompt. She said she was coming in. I am. Um, she's usually waiting. quite prompt. Is she? Vanessa is is quite prompt. She's That's very cool. on time. Hey, yeah. Hey, when it comes to okay. business, when it comes to the comedy when business, Vanessa is the most accurate person when it comes to the comedy business. The most. She like, is. She's amazing. She's a, she's a true professional. She is a yeah, true she professional. Really is. She's, she I is. don't know if she would take it as a huge compliment when you call her accurate, though, like in comedy. 
Is that a compliment? <laughs> you are the most accurate person in the industry. Is that good? No, like it is. Fact, yeah. If you see how much she, she writes, she's meticulous. meticulous. She rehearses every, she's, yeah, she is, she every is. Word. She, she she's exactly. very, so she's, yeah, very. Um, hilarious. She's meticulous. She's hilarious. Is it, meticulous is, it, is, meticulous it, is a good word. Oh, I is love it reasonable to say? Is it reasonable to say that she spits jokes like darts? Is that what no. meticulous comedy would be? No, like? no, yeah. no. She, that is not meticulous. No. She spits like na um, not she darts. Doesn't, she doesn't. Like the, she doesn't the, so no spitting analogy. Yeah. And she, she does these big stories. She'll yeah. go into a story, and it's like she had. She draws a scene. Yeah. Ooh. But she's just very careful with the words she chooses. <laughs> uh, yeah. Cool. Is exactly. she in New York? Is she in New York? Yeah, that's she what I saw. She thought, she thought, it, was, she she was thought very it was 5.30 initially. Uh, we, but, couldn't, uh, we, couldn't, um, we couldn't drag her to LA if you wanted to. She, no. You put <laughs> Vanessa in Los Angeles and she is so She's a New true York. New Yorker. Yeah. yeah, she has a complete meltdown just from thinking of going. To, she starts to sweat. <laughs> <laughs> Something about LA, boy, I tell you, it gives people meltdowns. She calls me all the time to be like, how can you live there? How can you do it, Maya? How oh, can I, had a, I had a meltdown out there. I can't take that place. What? No. I thought you liked it out here. You just said you were open to. Being well, that here. was because of certain company that I was in. Well, that's oh, okay. That's, that's different. We need to yes. again. But don't you think? Okay, I'm not going to mention his name, but I had a meltdown out with that that particular guy. Well, yeah. I will tell you this. I will tell you this. Los Angeles is very much a fishbowl, so you have to choose who you're going to have in your fishbowl. And you have yeah. the wrong person in that fishbowl, you'll be stuck. Man, well, that was that was twenty years ago, though, guys. That was twenty years ago. So I'm sure it's different now. Too it, willing to it, give it a try. Don't again. don't you feel like though, if you're in the worst city, like you're in the worst city there is, or whatever you want to call it, you're in. Let's not say worst city. Let's say you're somewhere in Alaska and it's really cold, but you're with the best group of people. It's super fun. But then if yes. you're in the most beautiful yeah. tropic island, but everyone there is a moron. <laughs> or you're not connected. It's horrible. And it's the worst island you've it ever is. been on. It can be. You know it, I mean? it can make and break your it's trip. It's the it, people. It, yeah. yeah, it's the yeah. people. Yeah, there's times yeah. I'm in New York too, and I'm like, oh, get me out of here. You know? Yeah, yeah. You know, it depends on who you're. Who you're. Well, every day I'm in New York. I want to get out of here. I feel about? like yeah. When you're in LA for a long time, New York's harder to take because there's more space out here and it's much quieter. Oh, and I get rejuvenated when I go to New York. Yeah, New York. Oh really? I go to New York and I get so much energy and so I feel so. Yeah. When you grow up with no space, mm. you feel comfortable. It's like snug. That's space. true. So yeah, I didn't grow up. That's true. That's true. I didn't grow up that snugged, kind of I can sleep through the ambulances and people yeah. screaming on the street. I know I'm safe. I can't sleep in quiet. LA's quiet. LA's not that. Far. Yeah. And then you then and then they do stuff like, did you see down the street at that restaurant? That's where they murdered that lady. And then they get <laughs> Vanessa. <laughs> I, can't, up, Vanessa. I can't. No, I, no I, I am so up. I'm like I, every time I have to do anything that involves tech. My, I like my, my heart tenses. It's like, I've got the thing on Zoom, like here. I, I, oh, all right. Anyway, we're all on, right? What? I don't know. Hey, 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 okay. Okay. Hey. okay, hang. Finally. What happened to your arm? Hey, what happened? Who'd you hit? Uh, I got into a fight, boxing. Uh, no, no. Um, I, I broke last year. I, uh, when I danced, I showed off. And I uh, did a triple pirouette, sober, completely fell, smashed my hand, had to get my hand, uh, broke my wrist in like five places, and oh, then man. it didn't heal right. 
uh, the plate, they gave me a plate and the plate didn't heal right. It was like a little bit raised so the bone started to grow to the plate and I just had to have the plate taken out. So, oh wow, that's yeah. Now look at me, do you see how I'm dressed? Scrubs, good. you see this? Okay. You look good. No, you let me just tell you. Yeah, no, I had to take a train today. Crime has gone up in New York by 400%. I was just talking so about thought, that, Vanessa. Yeah, so if I look that. like a really, okay, we'll, we'll talk about it. If I figured if I looked like an essential worker with a broken wrist, no one would come near me. Because I had to go all the way to the heart of Queens to get my Spanish, to get my Spanish dentist to take care of my teeth. So <laughs> that's why I dressed like that. And there was no one on the subway. So I got pictures, I got pictures, I got everything. No one on the trains. And I thought, you know what? Wow. I'll be like, because someone's like, take, right. you know, my boyfriend, he's a retired police lieutenant. He's like, you know, take pepper spray. I'm like, no, no, I don't want to incite violence. I'm not going to do this. So, and then I told him, I said, I'm going to um, wear a uh, scrub suit. And he, this is what he goes, that's kind of brilliant. That's like a fucking brilliant idea. I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's it. Hey, Ma, oh. you got to give her an intro. I love that. Okay. Oh, oh I'm so happy to see you guys. I'm so starved for people. Like, uh, like no one talks about. Like, I'm starved. Vanessa, we got to give you. A, she's got to give cat. you a proper a intro. Cat. I got to give you a okay. proper intro. Okay. Okay. So, I'm so happy to see all of you. Oh, see, this is what happens when you have real friends. You can't exactly. Talk yeah. About you for like ten minutes before you came on. Yeah. So a lot of lovely things. I wish people you don't. Okay. So this, if there's anybody out there, let me do a, like a proper intro. Oh, hold on. Let me, let me zoom in on myself. Hi, everybody. We're, we're live from the Laugh Factory, and um, I'm Maya Giorgio. This is Heather McConnell. Um, we, we have a bunch of wonderful friends on as we do our, uh, my, it's all my favorite people. I feel a little bit greedy in this. Um, it's Masavia Greer. There's uh, Pamela Green. There's Felicia Chappelle. There's Mike George. And we do a special guest. And this special guest is probably, she's done numerous comedy specials. Um, the most recent was uh, Women of a Certain Age, where the- Funny. Actually, is it, huh? huh? Funny women. Funny women. women. Funny women. Yeah. Funny we'll women of a certain, certain age. age that are on, <laughs> on no Showtime. She's hilarious. She's been like a big- Lines, cellulite, not funny. Oh, is <laughs> All right, listen, I try to do- can, I, can I please do your intro? <laughs> Everyone, please welcome to the show, the great, brilliant, uh, world-renowned performer, Vanessa Hollingshead. Yay! Are you okay? Are you okay? I've never felt so unrenowned in my life. Should we in say Dr. Life. Vanessa Hollingshead? Vanessa, <laughs> Vanessa, 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 How's the cat? You want to know how the cat is? Get oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Come here. We lost her. She's gone. She's gone. <laughs> That's it. Oh, my God. Here. Hilarious. Stop. 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 Here she go. There you go. There's the cat. Let me tell you guys, Vanessa used to have these two cats that, she, that were born on Rikers Island. And um, she raised these little yeah. cats Seriously? that were born on Rikers Ghetto Island. Ghetto cats. Yeah, ghetto, ghetto cats. My ghetto cats. Yeah. 20 and 21 years old. 20, 21 years old. That's how long they live. But listen, and Maya kept them alive. You remember you said okay. that Heather, after dying on my Heather watch. Kept, okay, tell the story. Heather kept them alive. I, I, okay. I kept them up. Right. And Heather, well, you made food. You made soup for them. You, no, you cooked Heather Italian did. meals for these cats. No, here's the thing about this cat. Heather's rehabilitating. The cat's sick, too thin. We have to help the cat. So she's saving the cat. Meanwhile, it, this cat was such a bully. These two of them had a thing. <laughs> 
They'd wake you up. If you say to Vanessa, the skinny cat would wake you up like he'd grab you like, hey, wake up, it's time to eat. True. And then the big fat cat that sat behind him was like, knuckles behind her, like, hit you. listen, like, hit you don't face. get up, we're hurting you. In fact, one, this one cat, the fat cat had a weird neurosis. He'd like to wash his hands in your water. So if you had water and you weren't, uh -uh. this yeah. cat would yeah. turn yeah. and wash his hands in Same your with water. this one. Yeah. Same so with this, this one. I taught this, but I fixed it. I taught the cat a lesson. The little chubby cat comes over. I'm trying to sleep, grabs my water, starts washing his hands, and I wake up. The cat tries to take off, but I grab the cat by his chest hairs like this. I just grab him, and the cat's like this. I take my water. You want the water? Take the water. I throw the water in the cat's face. And the cat turned human for that moment. The cat was like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You threw water on me? It was the last time the cat ever dipped his hands in my water. That's, that's the Italian side of you, huh, Maya? So that's the yeah. Part. Yeah. No, that's Italian side would have. That's Italian to me. They do that too, as well. So Italians would have been like, "Why is there an animal in the house?" And they would feed it. Give him some pasta. Yeah. So Vanessa, how you? How are you holding up? How's the pandemic been for you? Like, tell us. Tell us what's going on. Bring us into your world right now. Oh, it is. I literally. Okay, this is what happened before the pandemic. I did Funny Women of a Certain Age. It was the highest rated special on uh, Showtime. We had a huge, awesome. we were gonna get ready to have a huge tour with some good money. Good money, not $25 a set, which I'm used to. $10 a set, $0 a set, which I'm used to. <laughs> I had been doing comedy for close to 28 years. Never took more than two weeks off of comedy. Even, in my, even when, I, when Lucian and I went on our honeymoon, uh, I did comedy in Paris with Rich Hall. So like I never took off comedy. And then we also, they, were, they wanted to option the show for Broadway, make it like a chorus line, cause just be comedians telling their story. And then Vegas, in one day, one day, everything ended. Mm. Wow. And it was 28 years of my hard work. And then Carol Montgomery, I don't know if you know her, I'm Carol Montgomery, was 30 years. And this was everything we did. And I had just gotten into a new relationship with somebody and I could not even, you know, he's a retired police lieutenant. He's a, and I tried to tell him, I'm like, you retired. I'm in forced retirement. I didn't ask to like have all this end on me. This, everything was getting ready to begin. This is my whole life. This is my second chance. Cause right. I had a Drew Carey, I did the Drew Carey, you know, I was supposed to do the Drew Carey show. I made a horrible mistake two years in, in 1995. And that's when Lucian said, well, you might've shot your last wad. Uh, I, <laughs> I don't even know what, did you, what? I don't even know what, what are you talking about? Wad? He's like, well, you know, uh, you might never get another chance. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm really talented. Well, maybe you think so. I mean, he was just- Lucian, if those who don't- He's kind of a downer though, wasn't he, Vanessa? I mean, well, downer. Explain a downer. That's a, That's an understatement, Masabia. Explain Lucian to those who don't know Lucian. Yeah. Tell the world who Lucian is. Lucian would be like, he would look at, this is what happened. There was a woman that was overweight and transitioned at the comic strip. And he looked at her and he goes, um, well, listen, you can uh, either lose some weight and uh, be obese. Or you can uh, just add pounds and be a spectacle and make a spectacle of yourself. That's what he told uh, this woman. <laughs> he was overweight. 
Wow. Yeah. So he's yeah. helpful. Yeah. Tell everybody so, I mean, Lucian was. They don't know. Everybody that. wanted to be in Lucian's good graces. I remember the first time Why? I auditioned for the comic show. The first time I auditioned for the comic show, I was with Michelle Ballin. And she said, I was in there for an hour. And Michelle Ballin said, did you blow him? Did you blow him? What took you so long? I knew you want to get in the comic strip, but he literally, like, he made grown men cry. He made women cry. Like, he made well, he people was the, cry. He was the, the door. He was the doorway. He was the gateway. He was the keeper. To, he says, I'm yeah, the keeper the, of the gate. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. all right, you're a little bit harsh, Lucian. But when we were newly married, this, I'll never forget. Like, no, before we got married, I said to him, this so you know what Lucian was like. And he meant it. I said, listen, before we move in together, um, let me tell you what my faults are. You tell me your faults, then we'll figure it out and we'll stop trying to not act perfect when we're newly together. Like, okay, I chain smoke. I'm on the phone with my friends. It takes me two hours to blow dry my hair. Um, I'm kind of crazy, high strung. But other than that, I got like an effervescent personality. Is there anything I need to know about you that's not perfect so we can, you know, you're not perfect, I'm not perfect, we can make this work. Says to me, well, if you... Um, Displease me in any way, I will withhold all my love from you. <laughs> mm. I was like, oh, all right. And I was like, okay, I'll move in. Like, this is how bad I was. Like, I was like, that was my dysfunction. So, those who don't know, Lucian holds so, All right, that's how it is. Okay. It's hilarious. So, that was it. Lucian is the, um, but he had such a big heart. Maya, he was in love. He loved you. Maya, Maya, he loved you. He was so mean to me. I don't loved know you. what you're talking about. He's one of the reasons I quit comedy. But he loved you. No, he did. Like, Maya's very funny. He left the letter. very funny. She did very well at, at the Apollo. She did very well, considering, you know, she had a modicum of jokes to her. Well, <laughs> obviously very charismatic. <laughs> I'm like Lucian. She was brilliant. Uh, no, she, oh, she was very good. She was excellent. She was excellent. Uh, let's go backstage and say hello to her. He loved you. He was like the James. That's how he Lipton shows love. Comedy. He, he was, like was James a James Lipton. Masavia. <laughs> yes, that is the perfect way to describe yes. it. The James yes. Lipton of comedy. Yeah. Yes, he was. And if he, he passed yes. you, it, like to get into the comic strip, there there are the biggest horror stories in comedy are literally trying to get past by Lucian. The things he has told people. I remember sitting in Eddie Murphy's house in Bubble Hill with Eddie Murphy in his mansion with a retractable ceiling, with watching movies that they would bring movies that were in the theaters to sit in his projection room, which was a mini movie theater, and to go sit in his recording studio. And he had a bowling alley. And what is he stuck on as a conversation? So you're at the comic strip. So you have like Lucian, like you have to deal with Lucian, like Lucian passed you, because Lucian didn't pass him. And then he ended up, then he got started out live. But it's so funny, because he was still like, he was fixated on Lucian. You're like, dude, you're Eddie Murphy. You're Eddie Murphy. Yeah, that guy really leaves matter. a sting he, in the brain. He, he's the, I remember telling Lucian, I remember he goes, you know, I'm the keeper at the gate and it's very important that I'm brutally honest. And I'm like, Lucian, why don't you take the brutal out of being honest? We're comedians. We but already hate would, ourselves. He, then he wouldn't have had that. He wouldn't have had that novelty. Everybody wanted to be like Esty at the cellar. It's 
oh, everybody SC, wants SC, every, SC, but everybody SC, wants to pass. Everybody wants to SC be special. Esty is a totally different animal. Esty was is, was never hard to pass. Esty had a problem. She would pass you if if you're a female. She would she had her female that she would be nice to. She picked one female, and the rest of them had to be men that she could massage your shoulders. So. <laughs> I'm saying that Absolutely. I think, Vanessa, Vanessa, can you do, I think can you do for me, mystique. Vanessa, you're very funny. Can you do for me never again? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but Lucian, Lucian was the difference. See, the, com the difference between the comic strip was the comic strip, once you got into the comic strip, like the, Montreal, all the festivals, all the casting offices, anybody who was doing something that wanted to do business with, with comedians, they knew to call Lucian because Lucian would scrutinize his acts. He knew exactly who, who was ready for an opportunity. He would push you in for an opportunity. He, if he got behind you, it would change your, it would totally change your career. If Lucian did not get behind you, um, you had, a, it was a lot harder road. Whereas Esty really just focuses on her rooms. She wasn't, she always had like comedy clubs. She wasn't into the like management and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, industry. Did like, Lucian manage? He managed, right? Uh, yeah, Vanessa? for briefly, briefly, and they all left him. And mm. uh, it was the first time I kind of saw his uh, vulnerability. And he said, mm. uh, it was like really the first time I was like, oh my God, he's like a man. He's like, you know, when the <laughs> Wizard of Oz, remember when they pulled the curtain and you're like, Oh yeah! <laughs> <laughs> like that was kind of like I was like, wow. Um, He's human. <laughs> yeah, it was. He was like human, and um, he said, uh, "I I believed on all, in all these guys, and they went off to be successful. And I wasn't Lucian Hold management. I was stepping stone management for them to just leave me. Um, and I was like, wow. And it was the first time he was just kind of." You know, human and vulnerable. Well, let me and ask you this. Managing. As a comic, Vanessa, what, what's, what would you call the perfect manager? I'm asking you and Maya and the, the rest, but you in particular. What would you call the perfect manager at that time if you, if you had to choose, like ideally? You know what? I don't know if he was perfect, but he was perfect for me. And that would probably be Tom and Genio. He just loved me. I could do no wrong. He came to every, like I did my, my one woman show. He came to every performance. I auditioned for Montreal. He came to every audition um, to help me get by. He just covered, like it would be Tom and Genio. So he was like in your corner. He was always supportive. Uh, 100%. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he might not have been like, you know, like a Jeff Sussman or a you know, uh, you know, probably David, you know, what's his face with uh, Three Arts? Becky. Dave, um, Dave, Dave Becky. Becky. He wasn't, yeah. Dave Becky would have been perfect. But Tom and Genio just believed in his acts. He wasn't like a famous Dave Becky or Jeff Sussman. But, he, but every he, act he believed he in. He invested in his acts. He followed all up. His, and he, he would be there. He would be there. Yeah. He would take the, he, and he'd come all the way from like Long Island yeah. to watch him. He would develop them. He would take notes. Like he just, he, he didn't like wait for you to get your own gig and then get a piece and say, hey, um, I, no. I, I get 10%. Yeah, he was, no. that's, that's great to hear. I mean, I, it's, it's nice to know that there were managers like that, you know, because it seems like there was a period where managers were just getting a bad rap because guys would just, 
skim off the top. They would, you know. It um, wasn't Tom. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Tom was so damn decent, you know. Yeah, yeah I, I just and I, I only I left him because it was Bruce. I didn't leave like um, Bruce. I had like I was in four, I was in four separate categories in two festivals, and when I was at Aspen, I'd already been in two festivals. I was in Montreal, and I was like in not new faces, but um, you know the one person show and the women, the women in comedy. And then I was did my oh, one yeah. person show, and like I was really I was in four separate categories, and no one got behind me, and it, it should have been Bruce, uh, Bruce Smith, but Bruce Smith was pro promoting um Christopher Titus, and I had my one woman show, and Lucian came. Now this is how amazing Lucian is. You're like, okay, what makes Lucian so great? Lucian gets there. <laughs> what makes what makes people love Lucian? Lucian gets to Aspen, and he's got scleroderma. He can barely breathe. He's on an oxygen tank and he's sitting like in the hotel room and he can't even get his breath and they won't check him in. So I'm like, I'm at the hotel in Aspen and the woman's like, I said, listen, can you like call a, a doctor? He can't breathe. And like, um, I just want to check people in. And I jumped over the counter and I said, this man is dying. You will, can everybody wait and check and get an ambulance? And Lucian, they, they hooked him up to an oxygen tank. He didn't have an oxygen tank. Corey Kahane was doing her one person show. I was doing my one person show. And I said, Lucian, take the next plane back home. Like you can't breathe. It's like, it's, it's irrelevant. You know, like you, you and Tom was there through everything. Yeah. It's the yeah. altitude. He couldn't like, yeah. he had scleroderma, so he, had, he couldn't catch his lungs. He had renoids. He had like cuts all over his fingers. He had little, wow. I mean, he was a mess. And he would like, if he had a renoids attack, everything would shut down. He'd get freezing cold. He would be shaken. He couldn't, mm -hmm. and he couldn't, <gasps> that's how he was like. So I said, Lucian, you don't have to stay for the, Mon for the uh, you know, Aspen Comedy Festival. And he said, I wouldn't miss this for the world. So he came to my show with the oxygen tank, came to Corey's show with the oxygen tank, and it took him almost a year to recover. And, it, and he did that so that both of the people that he cared about, he, he was there to see them. Wow. So that's wow. like where wow. Lucian, you know, who mm -hmm. does that? Yeah. 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 Wow. So that's like, that was the thing about Lucian. And yeah. he said, I wouldn't have missed it for the world, even if it took me one year to recover. Yes. Wow. Wow. That just wow, shut yeah. us all up. Wow. No, because it's so yeah. hard to find people that are that are not out for themselves in this. And that's what I kind of like about this group, too, because everybody here is like... Well, you know, I mean, Vanessa, I mean, you've always... I mean, when I was running to Boston, Barry would always say, you got to get Vanessa, man. She's a list. Like, Barry would give me a list of comics that I had to call. And they'd be like, you got to get this guy. This is B. This is A. <laughs> Vanessa's an A. Try to get Vanessa, -ish. and I'll be like, but she doesn't want to play the Boston. It's sticky in here. It's dirty. <laughs> I mean, how am I? How am I gonna? <laughs> I never cared. I know, I cared. but he he would give me a list. But you were always you're the A list. I mean, you were always just a standard top, and you still are. You were always and, so good to me, Mom. And, and so you were it's, always it's so important good to that me. you remember that. You, you still that, it. Yeah, and yeah. you are still that, and you are just a wonderful person. So it's like, uh, you know, just to say, 
you know, it's a break right now, but I think you're going to get back into. I'm not worried about that. Yeah. You're going to be great. Yeah. As soon yeah. as you, we just, it's just a pause. So this yeah. is time for you to finish your scripts. Aren't you working on something? You know what, Maya, I got to, I got to like do a shout out for Maya. I was going through a real hard time years ago. Um, and I really, my mom had died. Um, I was in a relationship with a guy that I was madly in love with that was a pothead and alcoholic. And I was drinking around the clock. And I remember you said something so amazing that literally changed the trajectory the trajectory, I can't even say it, trajectory of my life. When you said trajectory of my life, when you said, Vanessa, do you want to leave a legacy for comedians that, you know, you went, you came from nothing and became this great comic? Or do you want to leave a legacy that you became a great comic and then you wound up as a drunk and you died? It's up to you. What kind of legacy do you want to leave? And it was in that moment that that was kind of the mm -hmm. beginning of me crawling out of that hole. Wow. And, wow. and that was wow. because of Maya. So wow. I gotta wow. thank so you nice. for that. Wow. Uh, you gotta beautiful. also remember Heather, Heather during that time was crazy. She was- uh, The Swifter, every time I see a Swifter, I think of Heather. A Swiffer, <laughs> Heather's the queen Swiffer, she is. It was, my place was the most beautiful with Heather there. I'm telling you, it was so clean in my life. Beautiful, smell good, look good. Everything was perfect with Heather around. <laughs> Heather, you have OCD? No, I just, you know, she has cats. So I, wow. I'm allergic nice. to cats. So I was a lot of Swiffer. And, uh, you know, we were there through- My we were place there. was beautiful, it was really, it was a nice no but you're a great host like we had so much fun it was a weird situation we were there we did we had a lot of laughs stay there while we were working on this film and then the film ended and we still were at vanessa and then i got all these <laughs> the go mom, when my mom died like oh, yeah. my maya got all these songs together from when my mother died i'm like okay what do you want there'll never be another you just say pata pata like all right we'll do it like it was one of the most gut-wrenching periods in my life. Well, and Heather, and you two were with me. Serious, uh, Both of you. And then Heather Heather's went so, to, like, responsible. Heather went to the Bronx with me. We had, like, about a pound of my mom's ashes, and we sprinkled them around. I mean, you never forget what you were there for. It's like milestone life. And, you know, as long as I live, I'll never forget those moments, how hmm. much it meant to me. Hmm. Oh. Well, we appreciate um, you. So, and going forward, Vanessa, too, what do you, how do you see uh, the next year going? I mean, with this, I mean, in your personal opinion, like with the being able to do stand up again, how do you see things coming along? I mean, I'm really concerned. I'm, I really have to fight um, getting, to, I do not like the Zoom comedy at all. I feel like, you know, you got a mic, you got the, like, you just do your comedy. I'm doing a lot of, I'm, I'm doing an outdoor festival on Monday. I literally go through my, I put my headset on, I go through all my sets, I perform for the cat, I perform, <laughs> like, I just do everything I can. Cat thinks I'm nuts, but I try and, it really concerns me that like, you see as comedians, we spend our whole life trying to get a huge packed audience of people close together with us, packed to make us laugh and now we're literally turned into open micers again where everything's got to be six feet apart where no one quite knows where everyone's a little bit nervous it's like 
everything we built has kind of come down. And um, mm -hmm. I can only hope when there's mm -hmm. a, like a vaccine. I also feel that we've been, we've been stifled. Like I've been taken off. I, I worked on ships. I got taken off of shows. I couldn't do a black woman. I couldn't do an Asian woman. I couldn't do an Indian woman. I couldn't do a German woman. I couldn't do an, English, I couldn't do a Jewish woman. Everything got taken away from me. So there's been like the PC police, the thought police of what you can say and what you can't say, even though like, I could do the I could do the French one. I could do the Australian. I could do the English. And I could do the crazy New Yorker woman. And the one thing that helped me, I was like, I spent two years like researching PC language, what you can and what you can't say. Mm -hmm. The social justice warriors. And I mm -hmm. literally was ready to get out of the business. Like two, I was on a ship, and they said, "No, you, we're taking you off the show." I'm like, "What, what did I do wrong?" I like I I literally and I spent 12 hours redoing a 40 minute set to get rid of anything that would be, you know, offensive. Hmm. Um, and I remember like I'd lost all hope and then Whoopi Goldberg comes on in a two minute segment and she says, you can either let this PC world that's, that's upon us right now, make you bitter and angry and resentful about what you have to say, or you can start working smarter. And it was hmm. almost in that moment that like a light went off and I felt like she literally, that was the answer. So I'm like, okay, I've got to do jokes and I've got to work smarter. And that's kind of what started mm. to happen with how mm. I redid my jokes. But mm. I feel like, I, I feel like we're slowly losing our first amendment with what we can say and what we can't say. And right. that frightens me about comics. I just did a show recently about, maybe six, seven months ago with Bill Burr. He comes on, he was at Dangerfields. He walks in, he's getting ready to go on his, 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 his set. He gets on stage, he starts talking about abortion. And this white woman, as always, is like, <laughs> uh, I'm offended. And Bill's like, I just started talking about abortion. What? Yeah, I'll leave it to a white woman. Right, all right, okay. I'm with, I'm with, you're not funny. All right, I guess I'm not fucking Catholic. And it's like, <laughs> everyone is like, there's 20 people in the audience. 15 of them don't even know who Bill Burr is. He's thrown. He's doing it. So he's like, he gets off stage. Here I am comforting Bill Burr. He's like, what the fuck happened? Is this what, does this happen? I'm like, Bill, this is the new New York. What do you mean it's a new New York? I'm like, no, Bill, this is what happens regularly. All right. He leaves. And I'm like, and uh, yeah. <laughs> and I get on stage and I said, I said, I don't know if you guys know this, but the most brilliant comedian you've ever seen, just, you saw him. And it's like, and then I thought of George Carlin. And when he opens with abortion, how come the, the, you know, pro-lifers are women you wouldn't want to fuck anyway? Isn't it something like that? Like, <laughs> so, so, hey, Vanessa, I'm Mike. We haven't really, I've just been quietly listening, but I want to say hello. Hey he's there, Mike. A, he's a so, okay, so, and don't we have other people to like talk to? He's like, a Canadian. No, no. He's a Canadian comedian. Okay, I love Canada. He's done Do Canada. Jimbo's. Jimbo's. Jimbo's comedy works. Oh my God, that's where I started in Montreal. Yeah, yeah. That was my club. Yeah, that was, was the club for like I started. Years. In. Yeah. Oh my God. Years I was there. What What years Jimbo. were you doing that? Yeah, Jimbo. It's gone now. Ninety. Gone now, uh, yeah. Unfortunately. Ninety six to like two thousand. 
10 or 11 whenever closed. Wow. I probably opened for you or something at some point in there. You know, they have the locals. I was one of the locals probably opening. Yeah, for you. no, I, I just started. There. I just started. I love Jimbo. Yeah. And you gave everybody that was doing the com Montreal Comedy Festival, let them do their spot, you know, go over their sets and everything. Yep. Yeah, I worked yeah. there every night. I got smokers, uh, not to make it about that for anyone else, but I got smokers uh, secondhand. I had the like smoker voice because it was so, so, I don't smoke, but it was but so it smoky in there in the 90s. Yes. And they had no ventilation, but I would call home and be like, what are you doing? And people would be like, what's happening? And I'm like, it's this club. <laughs> it's this club. It's this Montreal club because I lived there. That, uh, I love, so I don't, I love Jimbo. He loved comedians. With smoke. With the smoke. The, I, I remember I didn't smoke and I would come back from the Boston. Wow. Remember that. That's right. The smoking section. Oh, my God. In the back. The smoking yes. section. Like on a plane. Like when you're behind wow. when you're on a plane right. and there's a smoking section and you're one Stand up behind New York had a big ventilating machine, like a machine that would suck out the air, but it, it, it was a smoking section. And within the room where everyone else, that's crazy just to think that that existed. That was mm -hmm. allowed. Wow. Um, but anyway, uh, when you were talking about PC culture, it's interesting because um, there's certain comics who refuse, and I kind of put Bill in that camp. I could be wrong, Bill Burr, but they just ignore it. Like, they just refuse to address it. And what seems to happen, I, maybe not, unless you're going too far down the road where you are being maybe whatever that line is of actually offensive. I don't know. Like, that's a huge gray area in comedy. But um, people stop bugging you. You know what I mean? Like, you know, online, they attack you. I've seen people just ignore it. They just go, whatever. They don't address it. They don't do the big, I'm sorry. And they just keep going. And then those people move on to someone else because you didn't, I don't know if it's take the bait. I don't know right. if it's, I've, just, I've seen it time and again. I'm like, oh, this person's going to get canceled. And they're just like, Pfft. and then they just, they blow right past it. And they refuse to, they just like, they don't take it seriously. No and apologies. I, no, well, yeah. Or, or even they'll just double down. I've seen that where I'm like, whoa. And then people just go, oh, okay, well, they're not going to play ball, so we'll find someone else. And I don't know if, if, if sort of just standing up and doing what you want to do anyway is the answer anymore. I don't know. But it's so I hard to know. I think it depends on who you are. Like, I got taken off of the show. I mean, I got taken off of shows. If I yeah, didn't but you're do... On a, but that's true, but you're on a ship. And it's, 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 it's ships. Know? And ships are like... PC, right? It's they're going to be PC on a ship. A whole different animal. Yeah. Exactly. I, I, I think, yeah. Exactly. And then, and then New York, New York audiences. I did a show early, like uh, you know, I started off with a gay joke, and everyone got quiet. I'm like, oh my god, with the gay joke. Like I live in Chelsea. I said my opening joke. I live in Chelsea. I live in the safest area of New York. If you're a woman, because everyone's gay. I could be drunk and naked. Someone would find me. Like. Oh my God, we've got to get you home and you need to do crunches. <laughs> <laughs> right. Quiet. Like, this word. Like, mm. when did, like, when did, what, who the fuck am I offending you? I know. And I said, you never notice a trance? They're looking hot. They're looking hot. I'm like, I got to start looking more trance. You know, like, everyone's like, mm. <laughs> what? And I'm like, you ever see, I saw a man and a woman making out in my neighborhood and I thought, they're not from around these parts. <laughs> right. That's a stare, staring at me. Uh, yeah, that's oh. a, yeah. Wow. wow. So that's what's ha that's a New York crowd. That's what's frightening. Okay. This is a New York audience. And that's now. New York. I know you. And that's why I tried to York. comfort Bill Burr. I'm like, Bill, this is a, this is a new New York. 
It, it, I guess well, hopefully so. with, all that's, with all the turmoil that's going on in the country, I almost feel like that's the least of our problems right now. Well, look at our president. He's, he's not PC. He's, he's not PC at all. He's, wow. still he's so on PC, but he that's can get away bubble. with being on PC. Depends and on what the, the job is. This happened to a college professor. He's talking, he's giving a lecture, and he's like, uh, oh, man. Oh, God. Kill me now. And someone said... I'm really offended because this is upset. <laughs> this upsets people that are suicide that want to commit suicide, and they got rid of them. Like how many oh times? Oh my god! It's, the it's not real? the older people. It's Seriously? the young people. Oh no! Like, it's all the kids. Do you ever hear yes, Chris Rock ever working in a? You, uh, how many comedians do not no longer work in universities? You, well, wow. you can't anymore. No. Well, you know, I read a. I, I saw. That used um, to be how we made our, our wow. money. That's incredible. Well you, you, well, you know, in acting school, I heard this great podcast with the person who runs Actor Studio in New York, and he mm -hmm. was saying these young kids come in now, and you know, it's all about. I mean, this is very like the you know, like the top tier of what you need, you know, of acting and learning and the vulnerability and people are like, that makes me uncomfortable. And he's like, this is acting. And he's like, well, <laughs> I really, I, I'm not comfortable. I'm not comfortable. And he's like, I don't. He's like, I don't even, and he's like 80. This is a guy, he's like, I yeah. don't understand. I don't, like, they don't want to do anything that makes them feel, you know, uh, you know. I don't like, feel safe right vulnerable. now. They don't feel safe don't or, feel you know, safe. they have to be, right. Vulnerable or uh, safe or this, or you have to watch so what you true. say. He'll hand out things to do. And they're like, I'm not doing that. There's a, there's a, this is a horrible scene. There's rape and it's like, well, that's, that's a part of like, uh, you know, I'm you're sorry. Not, you're not I congratulating. Stop. You're right rape. there. You mentioned rape and I don't feel safe right now. Like that's what they're doing now. <laughs> This is so right. exciting. I would love to make a room full of people feel exceedingly uncomfortable. Like this is so titillating. I'm like, really? Where are they? <laughs> no, it's very it's tough. When you're sorry. money, you when you depend on a living. You might piss. What is it? Right. Say that again? Say I don't know. Again. It just makes me excited. Well, no, I, I, it, the, the scary part is, is like when you're, when you're, it depends on where your posture is. Like if you're in a place and you can make people feel uncomfortable because you're the headliner and the, and that the club isn't going right. to turn around and say, well, somebody called us after your show and we're not going to bring you back to headline. So you've got to get to a platform that you cannot care. And mm -hmm. otherwise you're constantly, you're still doing, and, and it's funny because right. women, women in comedy, they complain like oh, female comics get one complaint. You're gone. Cause then you're trouble. So it's, it's, it's yeah. a lot like a lot of the guys oh, like, ah, sure. you know, and, and like if a woman calls and complains about a guy saying something offensive, you, you get a lot more like, eh, some woman just called <laughs> whatever. She's a broads talking over here, you know? Um, and then, you know, but as a female, like, oh, well maybe, you know, with something that we don't know about this, this, uh, this woman. So, I mean, it's, but, it's, it's a really, it's yeah. true. You got a point. Remember do you, Vanessa, do you ever hear the story when they booked Patrice for a woman's, um, uh, uh, Patrice O'Neill. Yeah, they booked him for a. They put him on a woman's like rape or something. Like it was something oh to do God. with it was something to do with women's health or oh, something. Was that and on CNN? Patrice, Patrice. And it it was a disaster, right? It had to be. It, right. But <laughs> his. <laughs> I mean, you can't imagine. I can't right? imagine Patrice is like. <laughs> so I'm here. I'm going to talk about rape. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And well, <laughs> the, no, the funny I thing I can't that, even the, imagine just talking about rape and well, not making jokes about it. I know, but, I know. But, but here's the point. Here's matter. the point. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't worry about it. You understand? Like Maya was saying, as a, mm -hmm. as a female comic would have to worry about it. Right. But completely, the, whatever you guy, do, don't say the word rape. Don't say rape. Yeah, yeah. Don't say rape. <laughs> <laughs> I know. He was in a position where he was like, 
And I mean, they shouldn't have booked me for this shit. They knew better. Well, it could also, I mean, we would never think that way. But yeah. the difference is, is that if your manager then backs you up, like if you have mm -hmm. a manager, uh, I remember doing a gig with uh, Rich Boss and it was a college and we went in and they're saying, don't talk about this, don't talk about that. So, but we got in and it was, it was like a, one of those lunchroom college things. So I'm like, I'll go first and I do these jokes and people are screaming and running around and I'm like, all right, forget it. I, I finish, I hand the mic to, um, to Rich. And Rich, it was so weird because he actually said, he, he went into a couple of jokes and these kids started like pledging their sorority in the middle of, it, for a sorority in the middle of his act. So wow. he just started saying everything that was like, just he just went at them. You know Rich Voss. This is crazy. So he went at them. Yeah. And, and then this, uh, and it was funny, this teacher marches across the floor. He's like, look at her. She's a real authority figure. She's bang in St. John, we were thinking. And so, and so then like, she shuts off the lights and he's like, what a genius. I mean, it, they can't see me, but they can still hear me. And then, he shut off the and then she comes to the stage, she throws us out, she stops the show. She like literally grabs both of us. And, and I'll never forget, Rich was like, listen, if this was a music act, if this was a theater act, if this was anything else, you would have stopped your students and made them sit down and not disrupt her. And this is your lack of respect for comedy. I mean, this is say this big woman, she grabs us by both of our arms, puts out the door. And as we're going through the doorway, Voss looks back and says, aren't we supposed to get lunch with this gig? <laughs> I'm like, <"What?" laughs> like, the students were all, and then they had students were offended, get out of here. And as opposed to our booker saying like, this was, this was wrong, how dare you do this to our act? Um, he was like, well, I didn't want to take money from them because I didn't want to lose the gig for, for my other comedians that came by. And we never got paid. So we right. got like, yeah. humiliated. When was terrible. this? Right. Was Not this during, is this PC era? Is this like this the last was, couple of years? Is, this was even like, this is even before PC era. So right, it depends right. that, that what happens is, is that people look for an excuse whether to use you or to not use you. You could have somebody who's jealous of the club that wants to stop you. You can have somebody who's the club owner's girlfriend or the club manager's girlfriend that is jealous because he's paying too much attention to you. So he likes you. So she's got to turn around and blow up an incident. Like if somebody wants to get rid of you, they're going to use an excuse. And you never know what those excuses are. And I think women, we always end up in, in more of a pickled, uh, pickled circumstances of something that happens because there's like a, never been like a human resources department where you can really right. complain, but we have, there's so many things, but I mean, the PC thing, I mean, I'm hearing some things now, somebody's like, oh, you use this joke. And I was like, what joke was that? Mm -hmm. You know, and then well, you, yeah. you know, shave it have off. You, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of, it's a therapy, it's called cognitive behavioral therapy, right? Uh, and oh, the yeah. whole point of it, yeah. It, it, and the whole. Entire... How could we not know about cognitive behavioral therapy? <laughs> Come on, comedians, look, please. I know exactly. <laughs> the, show, but the whole, but the, the whole point of it is, is that trigger words don't trigger you, right? Trigger things, things that have, uh, can affect you, whether it's you've been through a terrible thing. That's what you know. One of the reasons why I even was saying earlier, like a scene about rape. We we don't touch that. That doesn't help, in my opinion, mean, even, well, psychologically what they're saying is that doesn't help the person who's been through something like that to never address it, to never talk about it, to never, I'm not saying you shouldn't be respectful. It just means mm -hmm. the idea of never deal with topics, you know, from a comedic standpoint or otherwise, mm -hmm. doesn't, does not, I, I know we think it's being respectful, but it's actually silencing things. It's like, yes. it's actually saying, yes. we don't talk about that. Well, I, have, yes. I went through something, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to be involved. I don't want to say it's not opening the door for real communication. No. And I think that's really negative uh, 
for comedy it's and just for, for the world. So, thought well, guys, don't you think yeah. the door is open now with uh, 45, number 45, the way he's no, been running no, the country? No, it's worse. Don't you no, think no. opened it no, up? No, no, because everyone else is a reaction to him. So what he, how he acts and in his bubble, he can say what he wants because it's a different bubble than our bubble. If you call it the left and right bubble to be just sort of simplistic. So the, the worse he is, the more our bubble gets reinforced to be even more thought police because that's, the, that's sort of the reaction to him. So the further he goes, the more we're going to be. So we have to be super nice now. We have to be super thoughtful. Now. No, I think it's, well, it's, it's not it's even being nice. Wait a minute, it's, it's just, wait a minute. Isn't it, shouldn't, first of all, maybe for the young people, they are triggered simply by thoughts moving through their, you know, uh, synapse. <laughs> like, yeah, triggers, of course. First of all. Right. And then also there's the court gesture. Like we've always known anytime anything's been prickly, we've heard it since we were kids. We know that if this guy doesn't make us laugh, we, he gets executed. Now, none of us, you know, you guys grew up as, everybody didn't grow up as a com comedian and they were like knowing who the court gesture was and then knowing they would eventually be executed if they were fu not funny. But that's right. a real thing. Like that's been a real thing for a really long time. But if thinking mm -hmm. is a trigger, then there's not a lot we can do about that. No, and, I, and, and you can't like have conversations. like hydrogen peroxide. Well, and I you just put it on and yeah. you let everybody do whatever they're going to do. You just have do. to learn to deal with it. I mean, I've had to deal with it every time I go on stage. I go on stage. So guys, how would Lisa Lampanelli do right now? Terrible. Not terrible. No, you, you uh, could, not, I don't not, think she not could not do so it. Good. Not so good. I don't know what I mean, her stuff was- but, but think about it back then. She was killing. She was killing with the- right. With the, well, you know, like, it, it, with the stuff once you go, what, what was it? What was one of her jokes? Uh, once you once go, you go fag, your belt your belt matches your bag. Once you go, <laughs> once right. you go, wait, wait. Once you go, chink your laundry don't stink. <laughs> Horny. Jesus. That was, that was but you know what? It, it, it was a loud. But it was wasn't. That's yeah, not really audience, funny though either. I mean, there's a difference between between making jokes for shock value and saying something. Right. But her audience or to I, actually be saying something, even if you're like skating a line, but you're actually right. trying to craft a joke and say something more than. I went to her one woman show and it was called no, you I didn't. Love Chalk. You yeah, sat I did. through it? Was it? Oh my yeah, God, Vanessa, through. you have the yeah, patience. I, I sat through everyone's one person show. <laughs> it was called I Love Chocolate. <laughs> I love chocolate. I love chocolate. And it so wasn't I think literal. She, she and we're not talking about ice cream, okay? She, yeah, she, she did. She wasn't about a total own bar. She wasn't no, saying I love. She wasn't Tobler. talking about. She wasn't talking about Hershey's. Well, you see, and I'm sitting. So it's like she's doing a show at the 46th Street, like you know, this little black box theater, and it gets so poignant because she was very overweight. Every Italian guy that she dated or white guy that she dated always made her feel fat. And it was only black men that always loved her and made her feel beautiful. And you listen to that and you realize that's where her humor came out of. It didn't come right. out of like, you know. Hate. Right. It, right. Right. it, it, it didn't come out of hate. It came wait, out of. Wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. No, 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 no. Okay. I was there. Okay. So no. I, Okay, there is a there is something that goes on when you as as a black woman to listen to someone speak that way is a, is is an objectification of this this historic black male stud that I'm going to go have sex with that all of a sudden my life's going to be okay because of blah blah there is I I'm I'm sorry but I have been around this comedian for a very, very en enough time in my life to sit there and go, 
there's a point where are you sincere? Because look, as a, and, and you know, I just did this last week. I went through a bunch of jokes with Pam because looking like I do, I walk into a room and say I'm black to white people, they get offended. And I walk into a room and say I'm black to black people and black people get offended. And if I say that I'm white to black people, black people are offended. And if I say that I'm white to black to white people, they're like, no, you're not one of us. So, so, so basically there is a language that you have to use if you are going to really respect people and get your story and your points across. Okay, mm -hmm. so if you're going to play, if you're going to go in and you're going to act like that you're not a person, like if you listen to that base of that humor, I don't find the base of that humor. Um, I'm, I, oh, I love, uh, I love the black culture and I feel I identify with that. I, I actually find it offensive. I find her choices offensive. I find her words offensive. I find her motives when I'm sitting in the back seat of her freaking car. I always found that offensive. And I've actually said that. And I don't mean to be like getting on something where I'm, I'm ragging. Mm -hmm particular comedian, but there comes a point when you craft a joke and you're exposing the truth. So if you decide you want to write a one woman show about black, you know what, cause you like the chocolate brothers. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm sorry. It's like, it's like, is there- but This wasn't meant to be funny. This show was not meant well, to be whole, funny. I, but, well, you know what? The whole show okay, was but, meant to be like for the first time, this is a my black man story. that loved her. It was a black man that accepted her body. Mm. She went out and got lipo. And then she, whatever she did after that is okay. On her so I don't like, and, and, she, and when, and when she started this routine, because it mm -hmm. builds all these one person shows builds off of routine, wasn't she like dating Mendrinos or something? Not so, that I know okay. of. I knew uh -huh. her okay, boyfriend. So. Okay, so anyway, yeah. I, I, I basically, I just, I, I don't, I've just, well, I think, I, found, I think, I, I think she's entitled to her be, opinion. Yeah. I think she's entitled to her opinion. As I mean, have you ever likes, been around a person likes, who felt like they were racist the whole time you're with them, and eventually you let them keep going, and then you hang out for them a couple of years, and they finally go, "Let's listen." I didn't hang out with her long enough to say, "Wow, this woman has some I, issues." I don't know. I, I don't but know. when I saw the one-person show, I saw a woman that felt fat, that was obese, that no one ever loved her, and was with a black man or black men. And her last and her boyfriend and that she was with he at the show, her out. He gave and her he some. felt yeah, and I, she I, thought I, she was beautiful, and that's what I got from the show. <laughs> what she did with her humor, with gave her like some, you know a Don Merkel stuff, love. was on her. <laughs> but that, that one woman love. show <laughs> was about talking sweet to her. Hey baby, right. you know how we do, baby. Yeah. Come on, baby. I mean, I have a white friend who's like that and she said, you know, I kind of resent the fact that, you know, she hangs with the sister. She's like, I kind of resent the fact that all I got to do to pull these guys is be white. Like I resent it. But she, she knew that as a big woman, that that was the first sexiness she felt. And you know what? We're, since we're finally talking about race after like 400 or whatever years, we're not going to get it right. <laughs> I mean, just like, mm, yeah. she's going to stop yeah. for a really long time. And so if she's fat and she's getting stroked and that pipe's getting laid properly. And then she feels all of a sudden like a beautiful queen. Okay. Right. Well, I, I, to do my I, that's how she felt in her act. I have a question you for you guys. Like I, I have a question for you guys. I have my Def Jam closer in my act and she hooked me up with Kenny. Push oh, Kenny. That's the, oh, all right. Oh, all right. Now, okay. now we understand. Okay. Now we understand. So, yeah. so just right. to ask about that, because I think that's really interesting. Again, total, obviously, not someone who's like a white guy. But it's like, um, <laughs> when, uh, when, uh, oh God, now I had that. Who leads with that and forgets what they have to say? 
Come on, no, Mike. I was, I know. Come on, Mike. <laughs> Come on, Mike. No, no, but no, I know, I know. But I was going to say, like, does it? So a lot of people in LA saying, well, the most offended people by racist remarks are white women. Like they're saying it sort yeah. of in a, derog- a derogatory way, like. Like With the this new going, Karen thing, hey, I just heard about Karen, this. Right. The Karens. Do you guys? Do, do you, especially as black women, feel that's true? That when you see a white woman get enraged, is that okay, or is that something where you're rolling your eyes, or it actually bothers you? I mean, what do you guys think? I'm like, yo, we better do something about this white womanhood because that's the front line. So, um, so you might want to look it. into it. Like, I got a lot of compassion for it, but I'm just like, uh-oh, duck. Like, how do you guys handle this at the house? This is a lot of energy. What are you doing? <laughs> you're, talking the, you're talking about the Karens? The Karens yeah, man. I mean, I don't, I mean, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know that it's the I have a friend named Karen, by the way, and oh, gosh, yeah, for her. poor Karen. Um, you know, Karen. she's white, too, but... Um, I don't know. I just feel like, okay, duck. It's kind of like, you know, okay, duck. But right. you know, women aren't allowed to be angry at all. Whatever. Wh- Very whatever. true. So do you We're feel like when you see a white woman on... Huh? Well, sorry. No, I was just going to no, say, so no, when, when, you, when you say a, a white woman online, you know, posting and, and being very, you know, you know, um, you know, offended by, uh, you know, sort of a comment or rate or, or the use of a, of a word that's inappropriate, you know, and they're the ones railing. It's funny. Like I, and I'm, I, I'm not, and it sounds like I have a bias. I actually don't. It's like, is that good that she's doing that? Cause I know many people who don't think that she has the right to do that or that she doesn't really mean it, which is how I feel about some people. I know actually they say it, but they're more saying it to be a part of the culture of like, yeah, I'm a good person. And they go shopping back on Amazon. I feel, um, yeah, I feel like it's a part of the culture, and I feel which, like I that's feel that's something like, that Maya and I've talked about. Yeah. I feel, I feel like that completely, and I feel, I feel like it's different because people, when people get offended, and and I know because I'm a comic who's always offended everybody just by me just talking about my my own life and my own family, mm-hmm. and I notice I've offended everybody. Like white people, white women have had a tendency, not all like like Heather's not like that, Vanessa's like that, not like that. But some some want to create a grandstand that like they're standing up for someone. When black women get offended, black women um, are usually checking you to the point where you're right. Black women don't really get that. Like that's to me the when I walk out of a comedy show and a black female black female audience member says thank you or that was a really good like you get the nod then I know that I I, I handled it right I stood up and I, w- I was thoughtful about what I did I just didn't say something stupid am I right. being conscious with what I'm saying am I being socially conscious am I being you know it's 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 are you standing on what's right um, whereas like I have had white friends that have like gotten mad at something that was like that's racist I'm like well, what do you talking about but just, let me ask you this yeah. though my hold on heather had well, go ahead wait what were you gonna say mo What's... no I'm, I'm listening to you my you're saying okay as a comic i'm just a guy just listening to you but as a comic you're not supposed to please the audience right or are you supposed to challenge the audience i mean are you supposed to be pc with just sometimes, black people sometimes, or are you just no, supposed to do being... your act the way you Right. There's a difference. I think, you know, when I go across, when I went across country, when I was in New York, I said, whatever. When I mm-hmm. went across country 
And I allowed myself to be open the audience's minds and not turn them off by me doing my New York attitude and say, I don't care. Sometimes you get to open people's minds. If you learn what the way to phrase stuff, that'll get really get a true response to see who mm -hmm. they are. Um, and then when you can get that true response, then you can grow as a writer and say, Oh, I want to, I want to address this moment with them. I want to get them here. And then I find people that I have nothing in common with. I mean, I've like some real, real far out, uh, like white folks that I've never, I, I don't really know how their lifestyle is. And let's just real country folks that, that don't feel scared to come up to me and have a conversation and want to talk about the topic and want to be able to, to grow in their own thinking because I think people want to be better. Um, I think black women in the audience, um, when I've come up with those things, it's not about placating, but it's about, you know, race is something that I think, especially black mothers that are in the audience are very, very conscious that we are not out of. And even though we're now in the George Floyd's phase of the country, that, that are very, very conscious of where are you going? What are you saying? Are you, look, I don't have to identify and tell people what I am. I could go and pass for white. So for me, out of respect for my people, I would like to be able to say if I'm gonna, and for years when I was just trying to be a funny Def Jam comic, I'd rather say something that's gonna bring my people up than something that's gonna, that's just gonna be funny or shock. I mean, I need to mm. be conscious. And so when I do that right, it makes me think that my mother would say, wow, she did something right. It would make me like, I check a lot of my stuff with Pam. Pam has been a big sister for me. She's watched me go through this and watch me personally. People don't like when they see, when they see mixed kids, they don't know what side you're on. They don't know, are you, are you trying to not be black? You're trying to be, you, we consider black people consider me black. White people go, why are you even saying you're black? You know, there's, a, there's an offense to just me showing up. Well, I mean, so, I'm just saying, uh, just so, in, in rebuttal to that, I was just saying that as a comic, I, I'm not a comic, but as a comedian, aren't you stating your voice? Aren't you supposed to be true to your, whatever your truthfulness is as the stand-up? It doesn't mean you change the truth. It just means that sometimes- I mean, whatever your heart is- You learn to communicate to better. Right. You learn Maybe to that goes better. Does that go back to what you were saying, uh, Vanessa, Heather was gonna, earlier? Hold on, Heather was going to say something. Well, I know. I was just going to say that I think it's about how you, because you're going to communicate, especially when you're talking about something like race. You're, I would, you're going to communicate to different people differently, because mm -hmm. not everybody's going to hear it the same way. So a racist white person is not going to hear the same information, the same way, as a black person is going to hear it. You have to feed it to them different, for them to get it. For them sure. to even consider sure. taking it in, if you feed it, if you feed it to them the same the way you would talk to a black person, you're going to talk to this white person who's who's racist or on the fence. They're not going to they're not going to hear it. You have well, to figure mm. out how to feed it to them so that they will start to take it in and open up their mind a little bit. Right. And that might be not fair or annoying or you know a lot of extra work, and it shouldn't it shouldn't be that way. But it is. I mean, it's when it's like when you're talking to anybody about anything. Like if I'm running a production, I can't deal with everybody the same way. I can't. I have to know everybody's personalities on that production and understand how to talk to each of them because they're all going to hear me differently, saying the right. same exact thing. They all hear you differently, and you have to understand how people are taking you in on a certain level. And not that you have to change who you are or the message you're giving, 
but it's just mm-hmm. how you're giving that message. I don't yeah, know. That, well, but you talk to men as a woman, as a woman. Well, it's like, oh, it's like well, Whoopi said, you work smarter. That's right, literally that's what, what Whoopi said. Whoopi right. Whoopi said right. You but work smarter. When, you, you when work, a woman talks to a man, we have to, like Vanessa said, this is Vanessa. This is a quote from Vanessa. When you talk to men, Maya, you can't look them in the face. You'd be better off try to face the same direction, like you're going somewhere with them. But if you tell hunters. them, they're hunters. They're hunters. You're upset with a guy. You talk to him when they're wa- when you're walking like this. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah, I'm really pissed off at you right now. You look at them in that face. You're like, I'm pissed off. They're like, Oh fuck. You walk them side to side. They're like, We're hunting, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and she's right. That's the last idea. That's funny. Well, you know what? It's a great <laughs> point. So Vanessa, when you say what Whoopi said. It's mm-hmm. interesting because it's a fine line. It was like a life. Uh, it was a game changer. Right. That and, was but, a game changer. But you can only do so much. I understand what your point is, Heather, but you're talking on a very personal level. Right? And I get that, you know, with the example of, you know, whether you're produ- doing a production or something. But when you're trying to show who, like, like Mo was saying, who you are, and you got to work smarter. You know, you can't obviously be individual. I guess if, say, you're doing a cruise ship, you can be different than if you're doing a club in New York. Maybe not anymore. Maybe New York's one big cruise ship now. I don't no, know. No, I, I, I agree with Heather. I, I, I think that what she's saying is completely accurate. You have to know who your, your you audience to, is. You have to know who you're speaking to. Like, I can't. Sometimes I, you mm-hmm. don't know. My well, whole you point do, is, well, it's funny. Maya, said, Maya did a thing on white know. privilege. She sent it. Maya sent a test on white privilege. Now, I grew up in a black neighborhood. My best friend was black. Like, I grew up with black my entire life. There was no prejudice. There was like, my mom loved black guys. My mom was like, my mom loved Lisa black Lampinelli. guys. No, she, sorry. Yeah, she had, she, yeah way, 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 way before Lisa Lampinelli. She just, she just thought white men sucked. She's like, when I met your man, your dad, I hated men. And after I married him, I hated everybody. <laughs> My mother really, there was something wrong with the whole white race and my mom was a white woman. So I, had, I grew up like that. So um, I remember, oh, no, I can't even remember what I was, what I was talking about. Um, it's awesome. What was talking I talking about? about? Privilege. Oh, oh the, Maya sent me a thing on white privilege. It's like, take a test. And do you think you have white privilege? I'm like, uh-huh. fuck it, I'm taking the test. I took it and I like, I scored like 7%. I said, Maya, I identify as a black man. You know, didn't I say that to you? I'm like, I don't even identify as white right now. I got such a low score. I had no privilege. Yeah. I never saw myself that way. Never, <laughs> like, and it's like every, and the Karens, like I know the Karens, like every time there's a white woman in a store, like I know, like I know what's gonna happen, I, I count. In five, four, three, two, one. Can I you speak to the get, manager? Can I speak to, get, to the manager? Wait, wait. You've got to get a Karen. Karen. You just got to get a Karen to work for good. See, I got, I got a good Karen. So I got a good Karen. You get a good Karen on your side. That's how you handle business. You got to get the good Karen. You've got to get a good Karen on your side. I'd rather have a recovering, a recovering drug addict. A recovering drug addict. There's nothing they can't make happen. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Karen and I'd like to speak to the manager of social equity. Yeah, I'd like to speak to them. Every time I was like, "Uh, what do you mean you're closed now? Let me speak to the manager. I'm like, oh, God, all right, here we go. Being fucking white. Okay. Yeah. And I get embarrassed. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough because I. Unless it's me. But if I say I got to speak to the manager, I've been fucked. I have been so fucked by the time I need to speak to the manager. (laughs) Yeah, right. 
<laughs> it's tough. I definitely think I have empathy, but there's no way I would ever, and I'm not saying you're saying this at all, Vanessa, at all, but it's like, there's no way I would ever claim I could understand the black experience in America. And I'm not, I don't think you're saying that, but I just think, no, like I've never, I do think if I see a cop and I go, hi, they go, hello. You know what I mean? And I just go yes. about my day. I think that is true. And I think there's so many things that I never realized until, you know, getting older that I've been very fortunate to, 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 be, well, I you know, I, you know, it's not a lack of empathy, but there's, yeah, it's, it's, Mike, it's a very I got, different. Mike, I, was, I went I to acting school over. in 84. And, well, I went to acting school in 84. My friend Jason Green was black. We used to hold hands. We'd hold hands together. I loved him. He was my friend. We loved each other. And we'd always get weird looks from white guys. And I'll never forget. I said, let me put you in a cab. He's like, you got to get the cab for me because no one will stop for me. And that's when I learned in 19... <laughs> In 1982 to 1984, that everything was different. And that's when my, that's when I got my education. Like this is really, mm -hmm. so I knew from 84, well, from living in Bed-Stuy, I knew something was, was wrong um, with the way blacks got treated, with the way whites got treated, with like, like everything was based on ignorance. It had nothing to do with color. It had to do with not, people were not educated on black and white relations. And there was so mm -hmm. much hurt and so much anger and so much pain. Mm -hmm. um, but you had so many women that got mistreated that, you know, did the sleeping around with everybody to get ahead. Like you had the civil rights movement and they had the, the, you know, the women's movement. And in 1960, everything should have changed so that when this happened with the Me Too and the Black Lives Matter, we should have already have developed from the 60s and something went wrong yes. where we yeah. didn't, where the rights didn't get done and all the white women like was about being thin and having the fake tits and competing with like no one, like it was all fucking yes. bullshit. It was all mm -hmm. bullshit. Because and you women were laws, like- But if you don't change, people don't change and people's ideas yeah. don't change. You can force laws into change, but if like if people right. aren't but changing- Now it's happening because everyone's angry. So it's like when I when I talk to white guys, I'm like, I'm like, it's, I say to them, I'm like women, like, yeah, there's gonna be some women that are gonna take advantage of me too. They're gonna take advantage. But there's a lot of women that are sitting on collective rage from thousands and thousands of years from biblical times. I'm sure Rachel was like, uh, you know, listen, uh, Moses, I'd like to listen to the Ten Commandments, but Joshua keeps fucking rubbing up against me. Like, they had no words <laughs> since that time. You know? So, yeah. Just saying. No, that's, that's serious. There's a lot of, yeah, people, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. So, Maya, we, you, you decide what we want to do with our time, but our time is coming. Oh, well, I could keep talking to Vanessa. She's a okay. riot. Pamela hasn't said anything. She's yeah, nothing. Pam. political, Pam. No, I'm just listening to everything that's going on. That's all. I'm good. You, you have okay. nothing, you have no questions for Vanessa? Maya, don't stress her out. Why are you stressing yeah, that you woman out the, again? The, I talked to her. The only question I had. All right, all right. I got it. I got it. I got this. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I had one question for Vanessa. Are you in recovery? Yes. How many years? 2000. 13. I, well, I tried to get sober 2011 and finally got sober 2013. I have 27 years of recovery. Oh my God. Yeah. I started doing comedy because of recovery. That's how I started. I'm in the rooms of AA and NA telling my story and they laughing at me like it's a joke. 
<laughs> and I'm like, well, how he got met by pain? This is my life. And they laughing at me. And that's how I started doing comedy. I wow. start, well, I got sober in 85 when my dad died in 84. And I never went near a drink until Lucian died 2004. And then I didn't even know I had a problem. And then 2004 to 2010, 11, I just went off the deep end. And that's kind of when Maya and Heather were in my life during that period. And that's when I you know, went to rehab and I finally, and I, I would say sober for a small amount of time and go back out, small, back out. Mm -hmm. And then this time I was able to really, you know, I got a good sponsor, but it's been, it's very hard because as someone in recovery, you know, you need connection. Like I've got like the Zoom meetings do not do it for me. So I have, I see people, I talk to people on the phone, but it's been very, very hard for me. And it's caused mm. me to feel isolated, depressed, alone. And, um, but you know that the answer is, I mean, I want to smoke. I tell you every time, I, I want to smoke so fucking badly. I can't stand it because I'm <laughs> yeah. anxious. No, I, I, just anxious. I understand. That's why I asked you that question because I did read your bio on your resume. So. I want to know mm -hmm. that answer to that question, and I'm here for you. I know it's not, it's not easy. It's not easy at all. Trust me. You guys should have hung out before. I've t I, I I was on the phone with you the whole time, Pam, when I was hanging at Vanessa's. When I'm when I'm on the phone at Vanessa's house all the time, Vanessa, that's who I'm talking to. So I'm surprised that you guys didn't meet earlier. Anyway, she's you guys are just just a great group of people. So I'm happy you left that 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 thing for the lights. Figured out how to do it. I never looked so pretty in my life. Oh, you got my people light? Of course I had to have someone show me how to work the thing. And I'm like, oh my God, my eyes are green. I'm like, I look 20. This fucking rocks. So I got to thank you for that. I never I looked so that good that's in my where life. I left my diva light when I got caught during the pandemic. That's I got caught. I felt like a pandemic. diva. I, I can't tell you. I've done three like Zoom things and everyone's uh -huh. like, Wow, what do you what what skin cream do you use? I'm like, eh? yeah, I can get the stuff from Korea. <laughs> the Koreans, they do have the cream. Yeah, it's that Korean. No, know. we look good. I can't even do. I like, no, my skin look good. Yeah, no, I can't even do that now. Uh, no, it's over with. Yeah. Politically incorrect. I will mm. Yeah, I hear you, but I I don't feel I don't feel any any um. Anything? I think I'm getting stuff done. And do, you were ha you were working on another um, project, a project about your father. Um, oh my God! No, this is going. Tell amazing. them about your father. The, uh, tell them about your father. You have a very interesting story of your life. Well, this came out of my dad. A book came out of my dad. It's called The Divine Rascal. I spent like I, I worked on a one person show. I'm now. I did a series. Um, I I just finished doing a series in one of the. Uh, one of the actors I want to have in one of the seasons is from Luther. What's his name? I can't remember. Is like uh, just Idris, Idris Alba. Uh, yes. Wow. <laughs> and I just and I watched all the episodes of I May Destroy You. I am so fucked up. I just watched I May Destroy You. I am fucked up. Oh yeah. I hear, I it's, see it. I hear, oh. It's, oh. I hear it's brilliant. I haven't watched oh. it yet. I hear it's but, incredible. Oh. Luther. Luther's awesome. Luther. Yeah, Luther. Luther's very oh, good, especially yeah, season yeah. one. Yeah, it is. But, yeah, but the story so, on your dad, you were working on the story on your father. Yeah, uh, no, on the history of LSD. So literally the history of LSD, and it's a revolution. It was like the bloodless revolution. So there's so much interest right now. We, I've never worked so hard on it. I got the two pages. But does your dad, my dad, my dad, yeah, dad, does your dad do LSD? LSD? Uh, Sorry, yeah. go ahead. 
I want to know who your dad is, yeah. My, my dad, he's Michael Holling said he brought LSD into this country, got it from Huxley, who did The Doors of Perception and Brave New World, which is now wow. going to be a series. And Huxley told my dad to get a hold of Timothy Leary, and Timothy Leary was experimenting with magic mushrooms, and my dad said, listen, I got this LSD 25 that he got from Hoffman, who invented it. And Leary and my dad became inseparable. But it was my dad that made Timothy Leary wow. Timothy Leary. And then my dad got forgotten about, and he got arrested. And at the same time, when my dad was arrested, Tim Leary was arrested, both for two roaches. And my dad was in Wormwood Scrubs in London, and Timothy Leary was in a prison in California, and his cellmate was, uh, you know, Charles Manson. So, and then he ended up becoming friends with Gordon Liddy. They bumped into each other. So we've got all of this happening at the same wow. time. Wow. And it's the That's first time, like, a show has been done about LSD where it's not like people's hands tracking and sure, naked, naked blondes with, like, the tits flying. Like, oh, my God, so fucking high. Like, it's, it's none of this boring shit with the music. Like, you know, it's like, no. This is, like, real. These are people that you are just brilliant, brilliant minds. And that they felt that if and Tim and uh, Bill Bill W who started founded AA he had to step down from AA because um, he wanted when my dad was conducting uh, experiments at Concord Prison to see if criminals would take acid and not want to commit crime Bill W was giving it to alcohol chronic alcoholics and um, Bill W had to step down from the AA board because he said he wanted to take LSD again. And they were like, hey, isn't that a drug? And, you know, and they'd be chain smoking, eating donuts. But, you know, smoking wasn't a drug. No, nothing was, every, you know, that was back in like the 50s, early 60s. So wow. Bill W. had to step down. He took LSD two more times. And uh, Huxley took it. And there were so many good things. But Tim Leary, it just got out of hand with Leary mm. telling everybody to tune in, turn on, drop out. Then you had the people getting LSD on the, on the uh, black market. And then... Um, LSD went from being like something to help people to, you know, have a vision to being um, a number one, like a, a number one drug. So if you got caught with just a little amount, yeah, you'd be yeah. in jail for 20, 15, 20 years. Yeah. So we're trying to change all that. And now microdosing is coming back into fashion yeah. because it's helping people with dep addiction, depression, all that mm -hmm. stuff. So this is why the show, it's like, it's like we did, I wrote a show about that 20 years ago called Flashback. And we had the right time, we had the right show, but the wrong decade. And my dad and Timothy Leary had the right drug, but the wrong decade. And now with like, you know, synchronicity, we now have the right show at the right decade. So that's finally, amazing. Only took yeah, fucking, I'm going to be, I'm going to be collecting social security. I, just, yeah, I, need they say like, for, I need enough money for a facelift and I'll be happy. And now I'm in LA. And your diva light, you need done. nothing yeah. done. Okay. I was just watching a show in the anyway. I went. But um, no, it's amazing because they say like uh, you know SSRIs that everybody's on, like you know Paxil or Fexor or whatever. That the LSD is they're finding with like uh, soldiers who had PTSD infinitely more beneficial. That actually all those like things like you know those drugs that they're just prescribed like candy actually don't do very much. It's a, it, it is an interesting question like for you especially who's in recovery like the line of like it's not taking lsd recreationally actually letting it be something that sort of helps you it's sort of I, i'm sure that's sort of something that's so like you're saying taboo taboo even still you know i can't but, like if i told my sponsor i said to her i said listen okay. 
if I took LSD to have a spiritual experience and feel really good about myself and like maybe get over some of my tra- childhood trauma, would that be, would that be fine? She go, no, no, no. that'd be a slip. <laughs> no, no. Uh, <laughs> the problem is with recovery, you never recover. Mm. You ain't recovery, it's a lifetime program, period. Mm. You have addictive behavior, a personality, you can't do anything a little bit at a time. That's why you're a comedian. Come on, think about well, she it. Said, she said it wouldn't be the one hit of acid you did. It'd be the fact that you could go into relapse and it would be right. all the alcohol you'd start drinking again. Exactly. Like, so, yeah. Me, I didn't drink alcohol. Yeah. My, my, my drug of choice was everything. I was a garbage head. But I know I can't drink because that drink is going to lead me back to everything I want. Mm. Right, right. Mm-hmm. It's like a spiral. One a dollar never yeah. enough. I know me. I'm an addict, period. But we can use it for good things. We can watch, we right. can write 18 hours a day. We yes. can do comedy so, 20 hours. We can watch <laughs> Netflix for 36 right. hours at but a time. We can make love for another 50 day. hours and have no problem. Hello. Right. But we're crazy. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Mike's trying to find a, yeah, trying to find Right, you're to jump in there, right? Mike, you can't get it, now we're out of it. No, no, because this is what I want to ask, especially Pam and Vanessa. I was talking to someone said, you know, sugar is more addictive than cocaine. And I was like, okay, I don't, would you equate like, oh, I'm on a diet and if I eat a cookie, I'm going to just like, you know, stumble back into eating is that is that is that a fair analogy for recovery or do you think like with food is not even remotely the same thing as alcohol? no food is harder food is harder because you need food to survive right they have oa so yeah sugar is very addictive i could build yeah, sugar for six I, months and then yeah. eat a cookie and i want it mm-hmm. all the time mm-hmm. look case in point look i'm on the smoothie cleanse but look why not this in here it's real. Right, yeah. Vanessa? Yeah. Right? You don't have to tell me. You don't I have to don't. tell me. Well, I miss you, really? V. I miss you. I'm, I'm, I'm excited that Masabia got you on here. We were, we're like really- I'm so happy. This oh, was yeah, so too. good. I'm so, I'm so happy to see you. Yeah. yeah. Same here. It's and when are we all going to like, uh, do you plan on YouTube is plan on visiting and you got a place to stay with me? My, Just come I on. Know, I, I got to get, um, my car is still in Princeton. And then um, Heather and I are working on another film project. So um, we're going to move in for the next six months. Yeah, till the <laughs> film's done. Like we're, we're like roving filmmakers that just end up in random cities. Can we just stay with you for 2021. <laughs> yeah, I got the Swiffer. Fine, set. <laughs> got the cat and the Swiffer. Yeah. Your place will be spotless. The cattle live. I know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, just come here. <laughs> welcome. Just like, please, please. When do you plan yeah, we're on finished. coming? We're, 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 yeah. So like, this is, this is like my, this is my new posse. Isn't everybody really cool? Mike's, Mike's a, uh, he's a, a comedian, but he's also a producer and he's working with us on this pro- on a project. And then mm-hmm. Felicia is, is really like my, my new, one of my new big sisters at it. She's a writer and does another podcast. You guys should, you got to hear her podcast. Yes. And you know, I also have a one woman show. So I really admire the fact that you actually watch them like in succession to figure out what that's supposed to feel like from the other side. That's really hot. She's actually, she actually is a Strasbourg person too. She's like, you know, she's, Vanessa is, you know, trained, trained. So she's, she came in with her chops before she uh, even got into comedy. So she's, that's something, another interesting. That's why she's able to tap into it. Like, ah, 
go yeah, go right at. Yeah, be be a rock when you were a child, being sexually <laughs> assaulted, and then do your monologue. Like you just got <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> Not funny, funny. Well, we're all gonna keep in contact. We're all gonna keep in contact. You know, I'm like yeah. everybody here. Should you guys should all be talking every in some way? Here, I'm fixing my hair. When it, so. Who, when are you doing your next show? Like next, oh, like is this going to stream? And this this goes to does uh, Jamie Masada? Does he approve well, you're, you're all of this? Does he like you're, you're live right well, now? Yeah, we, we hope so. Yeah, now. we hope so. <laughs> we're, we're here. We're here at the factory, so they're they're putting this in in here. And um, and then yeah, I mean like you, you just got to come. You got to come to L.A. one time. I feel like everybody keeps acting like we're breaking into the Laugh Factory to do a show. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, it's so quiet. Yeah, like yeah, like we just like we just broke in here. Yeah, we got invited. They know we're here. They know we're here. <laughs> when is this? When is the Laugh Factory gonna? Is it open or does he, any they're shows? To do, um, they were saying they're looking to do a movie theater. They're gonna do a movie theater show. And um, yeah, they're going to do it down at Mel's. They're, they're co collabing with Mel's to use their parking lot. Do you think you might? Um, yeah, could you believe be I got into Laugh York? Factory? Hold on, let's forget that. Vanessa, <laughs> you believe I finally got into Laugh Factory? Should, Vanessa's been yelling should. at me about writing your jokes. You got to rehearse them. You got to do everything. Yeah, they let me into Laugh Factory. You did Dry Bar. That's, that's a big deal. You did Dry Bar. You did amazing. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. She's she's been there through the struggle. You and Pam better know each other too. So anyway, I love you guys. Oh, yeah, for sure, Vanessa, for sure. Love you, yeah. Vanessa. I love you too. We'll stay in touch. Yeah, I, can I find you on Facebook, Pam? Yes, find you on Facebook. Find you. I'll, I'm gonna send you guys. No. We'll, Wait a minute. We're friends okay. on Facebook, Vanessa. We're friends already. Oh, okay, okay. I'm gonna go on Facebook and find you. So um, and, and Maya and Heather, six months. You're gonna be back in New York. We have to. We got to. Yeah. We have, we're back. We're back as filmmakers. Well, it's, sa it's safer here. It huh? is now. <laughs> Our numbers are lower, so yeah, you, you yeah. do better. Up New York, yeah. we're doing good. And Mo, you're in New York right now, right? Yes, you, we are you can still always catch Working at that up. club? Are you working at that club? That jazz no. place that Maya no. told me about? You were. No, I'm. Um, I'm at. Uh, I'm. I'm not doing anything. I'm doing the COVID layoff. The COVID layoff, yeah, yeah. Boy, I know the COVID layoff. I know the COVID, the COVID depression layoff. from fucking hell. Yeah. The COVID layoff. Yeah. It'll be over. You got to remember that. It, it will come to an end. Yeah, Vanessa, yeah, let's keep in touch while you're here, too. I would love to catch up, you know. I would yeah. love that, too. Yeah, I would love Where that. Where do you live now? Where do you live? In, where do you live? I'm, I'm on the Upper West. Okay. Upper, upper West and uh, Hell's Kitchen. Okay. And that, yeah. I heard, is turning into hell. Yeah, yeah. it is. Oh, it yeah, is. it's dangerous over there right yeah. now. Yeah. Really? People are like, they don't it's go, no, no one, my friend won't even get like, eggs. Wins. She's like, I don't get eggs anymore. Yeah, and that was a nice, that's a nice neighborhood. I don't know what happened. Yeah. Well, like dangerous hell. <laughs> it's danger, <laughs> dangerous hell, like shot, robbed, beaten, that stuff. Well, you can't be out. You can't be out after eight thirty. I would say eight thirty, nine o'clock. Yeah. It's become it New like, York of the seventies. It's, it's like warriors. Is it like warriors? Even on the Upper West warriors. Side right now, it's a little dangerous. But is that just yeah. because of the shutdown that nobody's out? Yeah. Now only well, no, they, they no, released no a lot police. of prisoners. They they're the release no prisoners, and there's no police. It's very. It's different. Yeah. They cut the budget from they stopped the they they like cut a billion dollars from the police's budget, and I talked to like I talked to some cops and they were like, uh, no, it's, you're on your own. Black cops, 
Yeah. You're on your own. <laughs> we want our pension. Yes. You're on yeah. your own. Sorry. Yeah. I said, so if I get attacked, what do I do? Just come to LA. You're on your own. I'm well, like, the okay, COVID is over sounds. there. The COVID, the COVID is running back. Just come yeah, to we're... LA, bring the cat. <laughs> we can all be roomies all right. again. Okay. That would be great. I, I, I think I, I watch uh, Back to Life too, too often, too early in life. I'm like, I'm living in a permanent dorm situation. Okay. <laughs> I loved your place. I loved your place. You're right near Ralph's, too. You could at least walk, you know, yeah, you don't so need a come car. On come on out. Come on out. All right. Okay. Okay. Well, listen. All right. All right. This was awesome. Anybody okay. positive to end with? Yeah, Maya, something positive. Yeah, Maya, something positive. Mm hmm. Yeah, something yeah, positive. Maya. Yeah, yeah, let's all wrap this up into up. one positive, like, little monologue. Well, let me see. <laughs> Today. Today? Oh, I know. I, I actually, I, everything's positive. I can't even think of what else, what even to add. It's just, I, who's making all that noise? Um, not me. It looks like my Not me this time. It's coming from my Not me. Trying to get the focus not on me. coming up with something <laughs> positive to end this on. No, guys, I, everything's great. I mean, I'm just really grateful, especially to have Vanessa on this, because this is, you just like, you know, you're so much a family and, and one of my, like, big sisters meeting my other, all of my favorite people on this show. And that's why we called it My Favorite People, because I didn't really come up with the title. This kind of happened accidentally, but it's actually turned into a really fun show. So, and I, I, I do it more for me because I miss everybody, so. And that's it. Yeah, I miss you too. I miss you guys. I really miss everyone. It, it made, yeah, this was you. good for my spirit. Good. Thank good. you. Yeah. All righty. We'll be zooming Okay. All right. Okay. Until next time. Bye. Thanks, everybody. Bye. 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 Take care.